Hello and welcome to Magic Mike's. We're a couple of cookie guys. This is episode four, Supercross from 2005. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. Accidentally send your mom nudes on Snapchat. It's time for Magic Mike's. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like that one. Have you ever, have you done that? No, I don't send nudes on Snapchat. Rachel and I existed like before Snapchat did, so. It's true. Very true. Very yeah. true. I still don't like our catchphrase. I still don't like a couple like of it, cookie guys. But hey, man, it's fucking whatever you want to do. We got nothing I got better. N- I can't think of something better. <laughs> no, I don't either. I I can't. I really can't. I don't even know where to begin with this movie. I'm trying. Let me trying start. To see... Let me start. Okay, so this is a movie that I was really looking forward to. Right. Absolutely. It has a five on Rotten Tomatoes, and you know, by the Joe scale, anything less than twenty and greater than eighty is good. Five sure. is like peak what I'm looking for in a movie. It's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes. That's amazing. Yeah. It, essentially, like, I think that what we should do is, like, for my scale, is you just start at 50 and you add or subtract, what, like, wait, what is it? Like, you... Distance from zero yes. or 100. It's, exactly. It's the same thing. Like, it's like, it's like a five is equal to a 95. Exactly. So, um, I want to say that I watched this movie and I'm not disappointed. This was a perfect five tomato rating. And it was it was everything that I hoped and dreamed for in a movie. It was completely predictable. It was so cookie cutter. It was just it was perfect. Yeah. It was every, it was everything I could have ever wanted. Yeah, I was really happy with this movie as a whole, and it gave me exactly what I was looking for in a movie titled Supercross. Nothing hidden here, just out in the fucking open. Unfortunately, not about crossword puzzles like we guessed last month. I know, damn it. Uh, not a super crossword puzzle hunter. We will get into the movie in a big way, especially how Channing Tatum, smaller role, but he is kind of like king shit in this movie. So he's that's kind of the star. Cool to see him like... He's not, he's not the star yeah. of the movie, but he's the star in the movie. He's the star athlete. Yes. Exactly. Before we talk about the movie, before we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the everything, let us go to our first segment, a little something called Tatum Tots. You got any Tatum Tots today? I'm going to. I've got three that I found since we last recorded a Magic Makes episode. Go ahead. Since we last talked about the Anne Hathaway masturbation vehicle Havoc. Yes. Yes. I have three little bits of news that have come up about Channing Tatum in the last month. Number one... This was right after we recorded. Go ahead. I'm excited. What is it? Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan released their... Sex tape. Step Up Audition tape. No. Okay. That would be news. Okay. <laughs> this was their Step Up Audition tape, and everything was like, it's as flirtatious and sexy as you'd imagine. Ooh. And it's not. Okay. <laughs> Did you watch it or no? No, I didn't watch it. I posted it like four weeks ago, like right at the beginning of February, it came out. It was basically everywhere right at the beginning of February. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's Jenna Dewan introing it like, hey guys, look what I just found. Uh, it's super awkward. I'm super, you know, embarrassed by it, but here we go. And there's not much to it. It's just like them sort of doing a chemistry reading, I guess, kind of. It's, okay. It's fine, but there was like, it was a lot basically of hype. the top story in my Google Alerts Every day for like a week. Yeah, a lot of hype. So you were disappointed by it? Disappointed, absolutely. That sucks then. I have a Tatum Tot that's that's kind of appropriate for this movie. It's timely and appropriate. Cool. Channing Tatum will be the Grand Marshal at this year's Honda Indy Grand Prix event of Alabama. Is he from Alabama? Do we talk about this? He is, because when uh, yeah. Doug Jones was running against Roy Moore, he came out and said, oh. you know, do the right thing, vote for the guy who's not a child molester. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Fair enough. Yeah, so he's going to be like the Grand Marshal of this fucking Indy Grand Prix race, which is pretty cool. We know how he knows how to handle himself on a track. 
Definitely. I think I saw a news story from earlier in the month that maybe he did that at a different race, too, because the one you said doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. I think he might have done another one recently. Oh, this is going to be in April, though. Yeah, I don't remember where this was. I, 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 I could find it, but I'm not going to find it. We'll just pretend it's two different things. And, like, I think we mentioned on maybe the last Too Fast, Too Forever episode. Go check out that podcast. Yes. Where we talk about Fast and Furious movies. Yes. Charlize Theron just did the uh, Daytona 500. Oh. This was the, the Grand Marshal Daytona 500. That's crazy. So, Why like, did they pick they, her for a, da- Daytona 5? That's weird. Like, I get, like, Channing is, like, he's kind of like an Alabama and kind of a redneck a little bit, so, like, it would make more sense. But I guess it's IndyCar, so it's not really... IndyCar is kind of classy. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like she's got a movie coming out. She's a big name. Okay. They're doing the promotion tour. Well, we also noticed the first, like, 15 or 20 movies in Charlize in Watch the Throne. Go check out that podcast yeah. that me and resident historian Mike Manzi talk about resident on that one. Resident historian Mike Manzi. In a lot of her early movies, she kind of plays like a southerner. Like, she's got a southern twang. She's got, like, this drawl. Interesting. And Mike was saying, you know, if you just watched her movies and knew nothing about her, there's a chance that you might have thought she's from the South. So I'm not saying that that's why they picked her for the Daytona 500, but there is sort of this precedent there, this history there, Yeah. that she and the South kind of go hand-in-hand a little bit. Interesting, dude. That's really crazy. I'm surprised. I didn't know that she was so cast as Southern. I would not cast her as Southern, but it kind of makes sense. She has, like, this homely, like this uh, wholesome feel, I guess. So Yes. That's what mm-hmm. I was looking for. My next Tatum Tot is sort of a follow-up to something that we've been talking about for a couple of months now that you first brought up about whether or not Channing and Jenna are on The Rocks. Yeah, for sure. So after... I think there was something that we talked about last month about, like, an interview that she gave or something, maybe. I know that Ava Mendes gave one about Gosling, but I think there was one about Jenna Dwan and Channing, too. There were a lot of articles right after we recorded the last one about, like, how... You know, they schedule time to have sex, and, like, they still they fight like any other <laughs> couple, and, like, there's a lot of, like, That's articles that are focusing on their relationship, and it's like, oh, okay, so, like, they're trying to show, like, they're real. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I don't want them to break up. I don't want them to break up. I don't want them to break up either, man. I, it would be a sad day if, if we lose, lose this couple, but think of the potential we could have. You know, like, maybe he would, he would start dating Charlize, and we would just have, like, an intercage relationship. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. Yep. So, do you have another one? I got Last one, one more. Go. This came out today. Oh. The step-up director knew that Channing and Jenna Dewan would, quote, be together forever. That he saw their chemistry on set and was like, these two are destined to be together. Wow. So that's kind of Yeah, that's, that's really cute and really weird. I, I guess, I mean, I don't know how much I would notice that as, like, a director, you know? I think, I think you would. I mean, if you find these people to be in your movie and you see them every day on set and you see them the way that they interact with each other, like... I think that you would be pretty observant to be like, oh, shit, like, these guys are into each other. Not just, like, because I'm sure on set there's a lot of, like, romances, whether they actually, like, become anything or not, but, you know, a lot of scenes have relationships, and there's, like, this, you know, chemistry, and there's, like, sexual tension and everything. I'm sure you see a lot of that where, like, it's for the screen and it works on screen, but off off camera it doesn't they're like not buds I'm sure yeah, that now that you one, say it like if you know you catch them like giggling and hanging out when it's like not time to shoot scenes then yeah. i guess it would be kind of apparent yeah you're right like it's the same kind of thing i think that like in game of thrones like when john snow and egret kit harrington and rose leslie started dating because they're because they were in a relationship on the show and it's like you know when you're forced to be in a relationship on a show with someone and you're forced to spend time with them and be like romantic and like when they're also really good looking and single sometimes things just happen you know what i mean yeah definitely so, i get it did you and I talk about this, like, shippers? Did we talk about this? We've talked about shippers, but I don't know what you're sort of getting at. 
I mean, we talked about it, I think, probably on the Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure 2 episode, maybe? Go check out Zack Attack. Yeah, maybe. The Zack Efron podcast. Yeah, maybe it was then, but, like, I was just... We've been really fascinated about it, and me and my crew of friends have been talking about it. The idea that people start to imagine that everyone that's in a relationship in a movie or TV show, like, is in a real relationship. It's just a super fascinating right. thing. And the idea of, like, these crazed fans that, like, want to, like push everyone into these like imaginary relationships is really strange too these people will be married and they'll be like oh yeah like we're just in a relationship on the show and they'll be like look it's like a conspiracy they're lying to hide it from hollywood <laughs> that's really interesting on mark Marin's podcast he talks a lot about how he in his brain assumes that like once you do a movie with someone you just talk to them like you're just like friends with them forever but then he like he as he keeps talking to people about that he he says that he realizes that's not the way Hollywood works. Like you're you're working. You spend every day with these yeah. people on set for six weeks or eight weeks or a couple months or whatever. The the shooting wraps and like you probably never see each other again unless you're on another movie with them. Like that's a good just point. So yeah, I didn't even think about yeah. that. Like you do just assume that like I guess a lot of the movies we watch are like continual ones, but you're like, yeah, dude. Like I would imagine right now that like Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens, and all of them just like have a group chat that they just like talk in all day. But that's not necessarily true. Like, they're, like, all doing other shit. I think it's different for TV shows that run, like, six or eight or ten years or whatever, because, like, that's a longer commitment. You're with them for several months every year for years and years yeah. and years. I think that's different. I also do think that it's sort of the impression that they give off to the media, whether or not it's true. But I think that when you are on or in a franchise, like... Zeff and Vanessa Hudgens and Ashley Tisdale and all that. Fast and like, Furious. I do think that there's yeah. probably, or Fast and Furious, I do think that there's more of a chance that you see each other when you're not shooting and stuff like that just because you're always with those people. Or, you know, in the Tyrese and The Rock's case, and Vin Diesel and The Rock's case, like, it can kind of break you apart. So, you know, it can go either way. Yeah, I think I think that, that plays into, like, the promo stuff, too. Like, if you, like, have to be traveling and shooting promo with these people, like, you're going to see them enough that you're, like, constantly with them and talking to them. So unless you, like, really hate them, like, if they're, like, kind of cool and you kind of mesh, you'll be, like, buds, you know, at least until the movie's over. But, yeah, yeah, that was a nice little side path that we took. You got any more Tater tot Tatum Tots? No, I don't have any more Tatum Tots. That's all I got for today. You covered all the ones that I would uh, have used. So it, is, it was kind of a quiet month, I think, for Channing, as Gambit is on hold. I don't know what else he's shooting, because I'm sure that that Snowman movie he did the voices of already, so I don't know what else he's got going on. Maybe he's just doing some producing work on the Step Up YouTube series, but not a lot of Channing news in the news. Well, hopefully that just means he's working a ton, and that we'll get some more new stuff soon. That's all that I'm hoping that means. All right, time to talk about Supercross. I'm going to ask you this, but I already know the answer to it. Do you know anything about Supercross and or dirt bikes? I know that they're... I had friends who were into them in high school and middle school and stuff like that. Like racing or just like... I think racing because like, I, I, I had friends who owned them and like that was like what they talked about all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if they ever got, like, were good. Like, I don't know if they ever went to, like, Supermoto or anything like this. I had friends who were into it pretty heavily, but I never talked to them about it because I never had any interest in it. Like, I never engaged with them on that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's a cool hobby to have. Like, not for me at all. I'm sure, I'm sure you do, knowing your history with Fast and Furious and cars and everything. I'm sure you know more than me. I just don't know how much. No, I don't. I actually, that's the thing. I don't really know anything about Supercross, and I'm kind of jealous that, like, I never got into it, but, um, I know some guys that did do supercross that like worked across the street from my parents all i know about these guys are that they get fucked up like physically yeah like this dude was like maybe like 
28 or 30 and his body was just wrecked like he was like an old man like he like, yeah. couldn't move all the time and like his knees were just like shredded and like back and neck everything was just like a mess as i was watching this i was kind of jealous that like i never got to do supercross because it looks like it's something fun but um at the same time i was like wow i'm really thankful that like my body's not just destroyed already like i'm already like old right. and wrecked enough as it is so <laughs> i'm glad that i don't have to deal with like supercross injuries every morning fucking elbows and shit on the note of like the supercross like the racing though i'm not familiar with that world but my dad and his friends all like they really like fucking drag racing and yeah, and okay. like some of his friends have like drag racing cars it's it's a very similar thing right you go to the track there's like all these people there you bring your trailer you're like working on it before it's time for your heat and they had like you know kids races and you know all the different levels and, and so so that was very familiar to me although i don't know about specifically dirt bike supercross type racing so right like i never got into that like i was saying but my dad was also into or is into somewhat drag racing too like he likes funny cars like the stock cars and everything like watching like, it or doing never, it never or what? went to them no no just watching like he would watch on tv though like there's like a bunch of times that i remember him watching yeah on it's TV. cool i think he probably grew up going to it or something but we just i never went like i think he always like was like oh i should bring you some time like because he like it's not like he went without me it was just that he would just watch it on TV, and I would watch it a little bit with him. Yeah, it's, it's that same kind of living life, quarter mile at a time mentality yeah. uh, that another one of our franchises shares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like watching Funny Car on, on TV, too, so I can relate. It's always on, like, Saturday mornings, and it's just, like, it's just nonsense. Yep, so. Yep. so that was my experience with the background of the movie. That's I just wanted to know how familiar you were with this, because after this movie, because I'm not very familiar with dirt bikes, I had to Google if Nami was a real company or not because they kind of made it like for a non-dirt bike enthusiast kind of seemed like a real company they had like the fucking shitty fox style logo i was sold man i was like man maybe this is a real company and i had to google it so it's not surprisingly literally the only line of trivia on imdb about this is that the 450 nami bikes ridden by casey and rowdy are just dressed up honda 450s which i don't know what a honda 450 is but i guess it's just this bike with a different logo on it. uh it's the engine size of the like bike, 450 so, cc yeah. yeah so that you have like, i know that from 50s. mario kart yeah you have like the 250 class and the 450 class the 450 class is like heavyweight you know so that's why they're racing in that one that's like the super class there's motocross and then there's super moto and there's like one line of really forced voiceover dialogue in this like all oh, these boys are going from moto to super moto and that's where you know we're going faster we're going 80 miles an hour we got dirt we got jumps and we got blah 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 and we're like okay yeah that's kind of a quick hit of what this is in yep. case you are one of the people who somehow stumbled across this movie and have no idea what the fuck is going on yes because to me much like some of the other movies that we watch, this seems like a Walmart $5 bin movie. It sure does, but I... Okay, so here's a question for you. So I want to okay. compare this to Fast and the Furious, because obviously. we love that, obviously. We're going to get yeah. to that shortly. Fast and Furious 1 had a budget of $38 million. Yes. What do you think the budget for this movie was? Okay, I'm going to say this only because I had read in the fake NAMI search yep. that they hired real riders yes. and entered them in events. So you said $38 million for Fast and the Furious. Which is a very good-looking movie for 2001. This came out four years later, 2005. I'm going to say $56 million. Oh, wow, no, $30 million. 
Okay, so so it's very similar. I would say it's similar. I think this movie looks like shit compared to Fast and Furious, though. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. But remember, we talked about this. I think that in these, like, sport bike movies, and if they had professional, like, racers, and they had to, like, enter them into competitions, like, that shit costs money. Whereas sure. in the Fast and the Furious, like, in the early ones, like, they're not really paying anyone to have these cars in the movie. I'm sure that they were just like, hey, bring your tuner down and, like, hang out, and you'll be in this movie. And, like, that was enough of a draw to, like, get you in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, I'm sure that these guys got paid, like, a hundred bucks or something stupid. Whereas, like, the motocross, like, racers and stunt drivers and stuff like that, like, you have to, like, pay those guys. So. Yeah, but I don't think they make a lot of money. And there's not that, like, there's probably what? Like, in, in smaller races, probably eight or ten that they probably reuse for the biggest, like, the biggest race probably has, like, 16 people, maybe? So it's not like there's a ton of people. You get a bunch of extras come down for free, be in the crowd, and then you just sort of, like, rent out a track. Like, it's, I don't think it's as expensive as you're making. Like, I get that there's costs there, but I don't think it's as expensive as you're making it out to be. All the racing shit's, like, expensive, dude. Like, it's just expensive shit. I know that this is, like, really, really expensive. Like, and I was just, like, looking up the bikes because I want to see, like, what the cost of these bikes were. And, like, the 450-class bikes, like, a new Yamaha one's, like, 10 grand. So, like, if they, like, wreck a bike, that's, like, 10 grand. Like, that shit adds up really fast. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, I guess I I would have no concept of it, so. So, a follow-up question. So, this movie costs $30 million. It did go to theaters, believe it or not in 2005 it opened the same weekend that the 40 year old virgin opened as well as red eye which is the rachel mcadams uh cillian murphy movie wait red eye red eye's a rachel mcadams movie on a plane which i have not seen but is it taken on a plane it's taken on a plane uh it might be i think it might be i love taking but it's it's not liam neeson's taken on a plane that's non-stop this is a different movie. oh okay sorry never mind yeah as soon as you said red eye and it was on a plane i was just seeing liam neeson just neck chop rachel mcadams (laughs) Really I do want to take a sidebar though. I just saw Game Night in theaters. Which How was it? I it looks sure. really cool. I really, really liked it, and Good. it reminded me. Once a year, I get a reminder that Rachel McAdams is probably my favorite actress. I love her in just about everything, and she's, she's gorgeous. so good in this. She's so, very attractive, and yeah. so much fun in this movie, and so funny. I just loved her in this. So, go see Game Night. Yeah, we um, saw the previews for it as we were watching all the Oscar noms. That was definitely one that I wanted to check out, so I'm glad that you gave it a thumbs up, because I plan on watching it after the Oscars, which yes. are being recorded this weekend. So, yes, I'll go back to my normally shitty movie watching <laughs> in theaters. When Supercross opened in theaters... The 40-year-old virgin won the weekend, came in first place, of course. made yeah. $21 million. So not a lot. $21 million. not a lot, though, yeah. How much money do you think Supercross made in its first weekend? 450000 Actually, more, surprisingly. Really? $2 million? $1.33 million. It opened in Damn. 15th place. Uh, 40-year-old virgin was number one. Red Eye was number two. This opened in 15th place, $1.33 million, made a total of $3.3 million worldwide. On a budget of 30 is terrible. Yeah, 10% return? That sucks. Yuck. (laughs) Real, real bad. Really, really bad. But I feel like that's the thing. Like, you don't have real recognizable stars in this movie. You You don't. The lead is Steve Howey, who is Kev on Shameless, which we talked about Shameless on some other podcast. Yes. When I was watching it, I was trying to remember what I recognized this guy from, and it was definitely Shameless. Although every actor in this movie, like, every actor in this movie has been in both Shameless and CSI. (laughs) 
so so I was like really confused. I was like, maybe it's some, maybe it's CSI. And I was like, no, it's fucking shameless. It was shameless. We've got the younger brother who's of no importance. We've got the younger brother's girlfriend who is gorgeous, and we'll get to her because oh, God. my biggest problems with this movie are with her, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But she's nobody. Okay. Kev's girlfriend, KC, Steve Howie's girlfriend, is. Yeah sort of famous i think she would have played a really good what's the girl's name on breaking bad like her character no not jane the one that's like in the later seasons that's like the businesswoman oh lydia rodart quail yeah lydia they're trying to make her like lydia's character but then she just winds up at the track and becomes like a track bunny immediately so it's like okay she is sophia bush who i don't know if she's famous but she's been in a bunch of things she was on one tree hill for forever she's in all those chicago like chicago fire chicago med chicago pd who else were you just talking about that was in all the chicago's or somebody wrote it right when were we watching a movie and like the guy wrote all the chicago i don't remember who it was we we watched too many things and talk about too many things i don't remember we 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 definitely were talking about those yeah but she's kind of someone but she wasn't somebody then Channing's obviously no one. We have Aaron Carter. I don't know if you realize that, but Aaron Carter is in this movie. No, uh, when? He plays uh, the hot blonde's brother. No, damn. I totally... So he's the one that pushes the brother in the beginning, then. Yeah? Yes. Yes, because he makes oh. fun of him later in the movie for it. Yeah, he's like, oh, do you like get back up after you fall, fell there or something? Uh, yeah, he says something weird. But anyways, no, I didn't realize it was Aaron Carter. I feel like I kept looking away from the screen right when he was out there. So like I missed the shots of him. But like, shout out Aaron Carter for doing and not doing drugs, I guess. I guess. I think he's sober again on that note. You, you know the whole Aaron Carter song, oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But he's Hopefully not in sober. the movie enough to sell it as an Aaron Carter movie. And then the biggest sure name not. in this movie movie is their dad is Robert Patrick, who I know from the X-Files, but everybody knows as the Terminator in T2, that he's the bad Terminator in T2, that Arnold is trying to protect Sarah Connor from him. He's a big name, but he's not in the movie. You're not going to sell a movie based on him. Who is he? The, he's the dad. He's the dad. Yeah, he's the dad yeah, who... that's what I thought. He's the, the, the blonde girl's dad. The problem yeah. with the movie is that you make a $30 million movie for a niche audience with nobody Yes, which is always a dumb idea to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the time, was Fast and the Furious not the exact same thing? Yeah, but people knew Vin Diesel from Pitch Black. He'd been in things. I think people knew Michelle Rodriguez. Like, she she was, I, I think, maybe the first Red Oh, Red yeah, you're right. And Paul then. Walker was in the Skulls and stuff first. Right. So not yeah, huge, yeah, you're right. but bigger than this. Bigger. And obviously, bigger than that this. went on to be very successful. This did not. Yeah. And I think that's not only just because of the cast, but I think it's also because it's terrible. Yeah, it is pretty terrible. I think it's just more niche, too. And the story was just, like, so bland. Like, there's no interesting thing at all in this whole story, so... It was bland, for sure. At the beginning of the movie, we start out, and I messaged you, and I got really excited. (laughs) I forgot about this already. (laughs) Because the last clip of the opening month, like, the opening credits, is it says, produced by Steve Austin. Yep. And I was really hoping that somehow Stone Cold Steve Austin was involved in the making of this movie. But sadly, there's another guy named Steve Austin. Believe who, it or not. Yeah, this this rare, unique name, Steve <laughs> Austin. There's another one, but he just, like, 
produces movies, I guess, and he's not Stone Cold. Although this movie could have used Stone Cold if we would have got some oh, like absolutely. stunners in the middle. <laughs> what if what if what if they went around the corner? Like instead of like the guy pushing him out, Stone Cold just like stunners him from like the like the barrier. I love it. Yeah, like he like love comes it. around the corner, like when he brake checks him, it's like and he stunnered him, Stone Cold, <laughs> and just like glass shatters. And like, we have Jim Ross come in and call it. Yeah, exactly. Like, they come out. I would love to see, like, before, like, the, the gate drops, you just hear glass shattering. They're like, oh, no, it's Stone Cold, and he gets on a bike. <laughs> you see? I think this is a much better. We're already making a better movie than what it was. Absolutely. I would have paid $29 million to Stone Cold to have him in this movie, and then $1 million for everything else that we needed in the movie. <laughs> This is why I'm not allowed to make movies, because, like, that would have been my budget. I'd have been like, okay, we need Stone Cold, and we need a bunch of dirt bikes, and just, like, he's going to stunner everyone. It'll be like Mad Max. It'll be kind of... My brain's just way on a tan. No, but it would have been good. I mean, it would have been better. Like, it's hard to make this movie worse, but it is easy to make it better, which is exactly what you do by bringing in Stone Cold Steve Austin. Another way you make this movie better is maybe you bring the beautiful... Cameron Richardson on screen one time without completely objectifying her. Like, literally every time she's on screen, she's an object. She's a sex object, and she, like, is condoning it. Or, like, all of her, like, dialogue is, like... She says something so great. What is it? It's typical guy. When it comes to the real deal, they're like, huh? Huh? Yeah. So, (laughs) before that... So, I was kind of excited, because I think of dirt biking, supercross, motocross, whatever, as this, like, guy-dominated sport. And here yes. she is racing. I'm like, oh, first off, I didn't know it was co-ed. Second off, it this is, is yeah. cool. This is cool yeah. that, like, she's playing with the guys, that she... Like, I thought it might be a movie, like, she's competing. No, it's not that at all. Yeah, she, she might have been, like, the bad guy for a minute, right? Like, she could right. have been... I was thinking that, like, I thought that this was going to be their competition, honestly. It's going to be like, you have to race the girl. And, like, that was going to be the movie. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But instead, she's in a jumpsuit. She is... Again, beautiful, but she's in a jumpsuit and you can't see her body. As she's walking away, she turns around and she's just like, stop staring at my ass. And it's just like, okay. So that yeah. was sort of weird. But she begins this relationship with the younger brother. The, the two main characters are Casey and Trey, Trip. Casey and Trip. Trip. Trip is the blonde one. He is going out with the blonde girl. Casey is the brunette, <laughs> the brown hair one, going out with the brown hair girl. That's Sophia Bush. She's rich, and she sort of, like, doesn't belong in this world. But the movie does not give a shit about her because she's barely in the movie. Which one? The bl- Both of them. The, the brunette. The girls no, no just... the, blonde, the blonde is in the movie a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, even still, she, like, doesn't do anything. She's just... Oh, no, no, no. That's for sure. I think the next time we see... Cameron Richardson, she's working on the bike because she's sort of a tomboy and she's like using a wrench and he's like, you gotta you gotta do it a different way, you're gonna and then she like hurts herself. And I'm like, okay, so you have this movie where the girl is competent enough to like rebuild her bike or whatever, yep. but she doesn't know how to use a wrench? Like what is that yeah, saying? I don't know. You know what she is in this movie, right? She is what her role is? Mia? No. She's a man- Manic Pixie race girl. Oh, she's yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Just absolutely Manic Pixie dream girl. Yeah. She's dirt bike niche, like, perfect woman. You know what yes. I mean? She's gorgeous. Yep. She yep. works on dirt bikes. She races yep. dirt bikes. Yep. And then she's also, like, objectify me all the time. Like, this is, like, this is the greatest woman ever. I, like, I fell in love with her. Right. Yeah. After she hurts her knuckle with the wrench, they go into the trailer 
and she literally takes off her jumper to go down to her bra and underwear. At this point, they haven't even kissed. And he's like, he's like, do you want me to leave? She's like, ugh. He's being super gentlemanly. I wouldn't be stripping if I wanted you to leave. And then we cut away. Like, we don't know if they make out or do anything. Like, it's just like, what is happening? What was this movie rated? PG-13? I honestly have no idea. That's a good question. Yeah, I think it was PG-13 for, like, the teenage crowd. This was rated PG-13. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, because that's what it had to be. So that was the cutaway, I, but they, like, imply that they banged but like, there. But, like, you can still cut away and, like, have them kiss and then cut away. Like, it's just, they leave when they're on opposite couches still. It's, like, almost, like, intentionally unclear what happens. But like, Also, that's your dad's trailer? Are you, like, banging yeah. in your dad's trailer? And the dad's like, outside. Like, they're, they're yeah, the parked da- at, the, at the race. They're in the parking lot. Yeah, man, you'd smell it at least, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I think so. Maybe it's just like so much gas and grease. He probably maybe wouldn't. But yeah, I was I was really confused by this. I was like, it's a small ass trailer. It's probably hot. Interesting choice. The next time we see her is when she says that line that they go for a race. We'll get into how this all fits into the the, the quote unquote plot of the movie. But she yeah. and Trip are racing just like in her backyard, which is like this massive dirt bike trail or whatever. Yeah, obviously she lives on like a fucking farm. They pull over to the side and that's when like she's flirty with him and then that's when she says what you said typical guy when it comes to the real deal they're like huh and then she puts on her helmet drives off goes off the biggest hill in the world no that, that you mix them up she says that when she's in the trailer when she's no, at the no 100% because she says that puts on her helmet and then goes and does the backflip like that okay. is her badass moment in the trailer, she says something about... I think it's the other oh, way around. Oh, I wait, think it's no, the other hold way on. Around. It's the other way around. You're mixed up. That's fine. I am mixed I'll... up. You are right. You're no, right? In... I was right? Okay, You're thank right. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says that in the trailer. She says, she says like, I want to know if I'm, like, wasting my time with yes. you. Oh, no, she says, you can't catch... He's like, you're always following me, is, like, the one that she says right before she does the backflip. I do want to apologize. You were right. I was thank wrong. You. I'm usually right on these. I'm usually right on these. You just, you just, like, never... We never do, like, editor's notes to fix them. Editor's notes, Anytime right. that we, like, remember these things, I'm usually in the right. But when they're doing... Right before she does the backflip, she's like, have you ever had a girlfriend? And he's like, uh... A serious girlfriend. Yeah. It says serious girlfriend, just girlfriend. Serious girlfriend. Serious girlfriend. And he's like, where are you going with this? And that's when she's like, you know, I'm going to be wasting my time, whatever. And then that's when she does the backflip. Like, it's this other sort of, like, cool, badass moment. Like, look at this girl. Like, she, just, she wants to date. Then we see her again later when she convinces, basically, <laughs> I don't even know. So, okay. We have, to, we have to bring it back to the plot. Let's so, go through the plot. Okay. We got the beginning. We got the two brothers. Yes. They're both racing. They're both racers. The one's dating a brunette. Yep. Like from the jump, and she's like office woman, serious. She's the rich girl. She's the rich girl that doesn't fit in. Rich girl doesn't fit in. Yes. Yep. Then they go to the racetrack because they race like you know amateur whatever. And at the racetrack, we meet the blonde girl who we've been talking about. Yep. But the older brother, Kev from Shameless, is like really good at racing. They're both like really good, but they from the beginning montage we learn that they're two different racers. Yep. Kev plays it cool. And tries to win, and Trip is the wild one. He races like his dad. <laughs> and we know that somehow they're going to have to change roles eventually in the movie yep. for either of them to win. Either the one's going to need to play it cool, or the other one's going to need to race like a maniac. And right. that's how they're going to succeed, right? Because this is obviously, like, the first scene is them explain. He's like, you take it too cool. <laughs> and he's like, you're just too much of a maniac. And I'm like, okay, perfect. 
There we go. And later in the movie, they call back, and uh, Trip calls. Trip says to Casey, he's like, you're too much like an old woman when you race. I'm like, that's weird. Like, this weird, like, again, casual sexism, but like, you know, you're too tight, you're too stiff, you're too uptight, whatever. Like, you gotta loosen up, man. Like, you gotta be a little bit more like me. You gotta race wild. He's like, you don't, you don't ever finish a race, which is pretty mean to say to your brother, considering he, like, almost died in this other race, like, making you win. Oh, yeah, we're, win. Gonna, we're gonna get to that, yeah. Okay. Eight minutes into this movie, this racing team, Nami team, I guess. After, like, the first race, the one guy, Trip actually pushes his brother, right? Like, Trip pushes his brother out of the way. Trip wins, but they see that the other, what is his name? Casey. They see that Casey is good. So the the team, like, the race guy comes up yeah. and he's like, yo, dude, you looked really good out there. I know you didn't win and we don't usually notice that, but, like, you look good. Do you want to come hang out with us at the Nami factory? And right. Like, yeah. And we go there, and they're like, you gotta meet Rowdy Sparks. And last month, we knew that Channing was Rowdy Sparks. I'm like, oh shit, like, he's they're like, Chan, he's man. the Lance Armstrong of this team. He is. It becomes evident that Kev's role in this new team is be like a bodyguard. They do like a little practice lap, and then they say, do you want to be, we like lost a member of our team, we need a second racer, be the second racer. Before that, so they, he, I think the brothers are both racing or something, and Channing says... Get my helmet. I'm going to show him how a big dog looks. Or a big dog eats, eats. or something. It's a eats. big okay. dog eats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to show him how. Which is a great chanting. That's probably the best chanting line of the whole movie. Because he just plays a d- douchebag the whole movie. But, like, that's a good line. I'll show him how a big dog eats. Maybe that could be our intro. I was thinking about that. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll play with it. We'll, this is know, how we'll big dogs eat. Hello and welcome to Magic Mike's This is How Big Dogs Eat. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I'll change it right now. I like that. It's better than Cookie Guys, right? Yeah. This is how big dogs eat. You get to say it with authority, too. <laughs> so put on your helmet, because this is how big dogs eat. Perfect. So he goes out and schools them, and they're like, okay, Kev, do you want to join the team? But basically, as the movie goes on, it becomes clear that Rowdy's going to win every race. Because he's his son. Because Rowdy's yes. the son of yeah. and the poster of boy. The, I mean, he's the one that they like. He's the star of the team. Like he is. Yeah, he's the star the of the team because his dad owns the fucking company. So it's like his dad owns the motorcycle company. Obviously, your son's gonna be the star. Right. They just need like a body that will just like make sure that nobody can pass behind him and that he wins. That's all. Because there's want. the dirtiest racer in the league. And Kev basically has to like, Evans. protect Rowdy. What's his from name? Him. Tyler yeah. Evans. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And so that's his role. And so that's when eventually, like, he has to break off and, like, do his own thing because he wants to win, too. Yeah, like, the first races, the first one, what is it? He pushes, like, Tyler he, Evans. Or no, this is, like, maybe the second race. But, like, he, he does his role. He, they're like, okay, you did a great job. You finished fourth and you let Rowdy win. Good job. They're doing, like, you know, Talladega Nights, like, Shake and Bake. <laughs> but first is great, but second is great, too. You know, like, <laughs> that's what they're doing. It, but they get to a race, and then they have to race Tyler Evans, who, as much as, like, Rowdy's kind of, like, the villain, yeah. I guess Tyler Evans is, like, the real villain, right? Well, Channing's not really, like, Rowdy's not the villain, he's just, like, the... He's the dirtiest racer in the league! Yeah, he's the Tyler, villain, Tyler is for sure the villain, like, he's the bad guy. Channing is, like, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to, and I think that's another problem with the movie, like, it's hard to articulate the relationships between everybody like we sort of have a broad a, a broad sense and we know yeah. how to fit in the world 
but they don't spend time really like amping up rivalries. Like we have a couple scenes of Channing like pissed off at his team. Because like, you're right. Because like fast. the brothers could have been rivals. The brother and the girl could have been rivals. Yep. Then them and Channing could have been rivals. Then him yep. and Evans could have been rivals. And then like it's just like they have all. They don't. You don't have one solid rivalry. You're right. Because the one thing that we want to say, I don't think we said on this episode yet, is this movie is 77 minutes long, including credits. Like it's they short fly through this movie and so yeah. as much as i love seeing a short movie especially when it's this bad just get it done with yeah add a couple scenes like flesh it out like add literally any character development it was yeah. hard for me to tell like what relationships had a history and what were new like it seemed like i'm not i'm still not sure if kev and the brunette were like dating for a while or if they were newly together like that was unclear. they were newly together because he like calls her because in like the first couple scenes he like goes to her house and like invites her to that race and like that first race it, where he also gets picked up to like go hang out at the team oh right that's he like says that she's pretty date. scary He's yeah, like, he's, he's afraid to ask her to the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. This is this feels like a movie that being an hour and seventeen minutes with another fifteen minutes, we could have done a little bit of character development. Yeah, and this could have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. Yep. Instead, no interest in that at all. No, we just fucking fly through. We're just we're just super crossing right through this movie, right <laughs> through it, just blazing through the dirt, man. So yeah, so they so we now know that they get to the race. Casey and Tyler Evans have like a little scuffle, right? And he's like, "You're gonna pay for this." Yep. So that sets up, you know, the 16th rivalry we have in the movie. <laughs> meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, Trip is kind of doing some Zeph shit, like straight out of like Summerland shit. Like he's just like bonding with the blonde girl and becomes so tight knit with their family. Yes. Yeah. Mentions his dad who. Terminator knows. You skipped a little bit ahead. So what happened was, is he's like pissed off at for no reason. He sees the blonde girl out, and she's like, how about you talk to my dad, and maybe we can get you some parts. You could, like, race for, like, I guess his dad has, like, a bike shop or something. And he's like, whatever, I'm gonna go race my truck. I'm gonna go race dirt bikes for my truck. And, like, he has this, like, Fast and the Furious-style street race, where he's racing his dirt bike. He races a motorcycle, right? He races, like, a real, like, a Harley. Yeah. And he, like, thinks he's gonna win. Just gets smoked at the end. You know, the guy Dom Toretto's him. Like, he, he pushed just a, a once a buster, always a buster. He pushes Nas too fast, and he gets smoked at the end, and he loses his work truck. Not his dirt bike, but his work truck. But doesn't he, does he get arrested? Because they're, like, there are sirens. And There's a cop there, but we didn't develop that part. We just okay. It's unclear. He just got I like kind of pulled I over. He might I guess have gotten arrested, but it also doesn't matter because like they don't stick with it. Yeah, they don't. It doesn't matter. He just like comes back at the end. They just like go back to their house. And so like th- this is again like this is uh, there's a, there's a developing theme here of like sibling rivalry and like sibling sibling jealousy. And Trip is jealous of Casey's now like semi fame. Yeah, I would be jealous of this too. And Casey even says it. He says like you're a better racer than me, and like you you could have been on the team. But what happened was this Trip was being young and he was fucking around and he like yep. d- didn't get it yeah but what's a little weird is that when when casey and the brunette are making out in his room trip is like playing with that like that little uh rc car and like jamming into the door casey comes out and like gets mad and then trip like storms out then it's like all of his friends are like no like casey it's your fault and it's like well that's weird like i get that he's pissed at KC and sort of like rightfully but like it's not his fault he was picked like it just it seemed like this like artificially hyped 
conflict for just like for to be honest tension. like i i got that too and when i was there i was a little weirded out by it because he really wasn't being a douche about it no like he would just like you know like i'm practicing like i'm on the team i'm gonna race this thing but like he, he's not like showing off or like right. you know telling his brother he's a scumbagger he did tell him like you know you're fucking your life up like you shouldn't have like you know race the truck away you dummy but it's good advice yeah he's not rubbing it in his face like right. i can see if he was like look at all this cool shit i got that you don't have but he's like, he's not he's like just it was weird trip is sort of in these like really depressive doldrums and like doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and that's when the blonde girl sort of rescues him and sort of introduces him to her dad right and that's what she's saying about like you can get some parts like you can get back out there whatever, whatever yeah she whatever. does the backflip she does the backflip they're hanging out he somehow has a new truck but we don't know how or where it's from and he like brings his bike over and he's having dirt bike day with his new girlfriend but they're not boyfriend girlfriend yet because that happens later well she's a manic pixie race girl so obviously she doesn't want a label she just wants to you know have fun and be a race girl and be beautiful she doesn't need to be called his girlfriend she's gonna be she's gonna accept it on his terms duh but then when terminator sees how sort of in love they are (laughs) and how he's like a good guy he's like hey come with me and then, like, they just have, like, this super. Yeah, because he goes, because he's like, you bike. know, do you got a job and, like, all this thing? And he's like, you know, you'll never be a real dirt bike racer. And the kid's like, I know, but I like it. And, like, David and Goliath, man, like, we can do this. And he's like, come with me. And then, greatest stroke of luck ever. Yep. His beautiful Manic Pixie yep. Race girl girlfriend. Yep. Her dad just gives him a dirt bike. Just well, gives no, him a it's fucking... Not, it's, it's, he's, like, letting him use it. He doesn't gift it to him. He's letting him use it. And there are conditions... But I mean... Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. But there are conditions. You gotta race on Sunday, gym on Monday. No booze, no drugs. Whatever money you win, we split 50-50, and keep your day job. So it's like, okay, like, that's all, like, easy stuff. Like, don't get in the trouble. Keep doing your job. Race what you want to do anyway, and then, like, just, like, care about it. And it's like... You and then use this, like, bang my daughter. Bike. Yeah, and then bang my daughter. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much the best deal ever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So at this point in the movie, I'm trying to figure out who is the actual star of this movie. Unclear. And who is going to win, right? Because now right. we have this guy with a bike, but you have his brother, but you have Rowdy, and you also have Tyler Evans. So I'm like, okay, this can get fucking crazy, right? And you have still the girl, so. Yeah. And they have this, like, qualifier... I think to like figure out who's gonna get into like the semifinal race or something. Trip has he sets like the course record or the day record, like he has a fifty nine second yeah. flat lap and he's like he just you know, he dominated this. And so they go to the race and that's when we find out once and for all who's actually the star of this movie. Yes. Because they go to this race and they had to tell Casey fifty times that Channing's gonna win this. Like you gotta make sure yeah. that Channing fucking because wins. Because and like that's it. Not only do they say that but they also say, like, they keep calling Casey wingman. Like, you're the wingman. You're the wingman. You're his wingman. And I was like, that's going to get to him sooner rather than later. Like, that's not that's not what he wants to hear. Because he's, yeah, you're he's not part the star of, his of his team. own movie. Yeah. So he's mad. His brother's, like, actually really cool right now. He's like, dude, have a good race. Like, crazy seeing you here. Haha. Like, we're going to race together. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. You get all the motocross scenes for 20 minutes. And um, it comes down to where, like, Evans is, like, what, about to, like, push his brother or something? Yes. And Trip takes out Evans. But. Right? In the process. Breaks his leg or something? No, he takes him out, like, first. And then, like, as he comes back, he fucks Trip up. Like, really bad. And, yeah. And so, Casey wins the race, but Trip gets fucked up. He's in the hospital. He's, like, all sorts of messed up. He got a concussion and, like, a broken leg and a broken hip. Now they have to be re-brothered. 
They're getting rebrothered right here. <laughs> Two brothers. Two brothers. Brothers. So yeah, so they so he comes in and he's like, Did you win? And he's like, Yeah. And they're like, Okay, cool. And so he comes back now. And it's important to know that this is the first time all movie that Casey has won a race, because everything up to that pretty much has been Channing, 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 which for and us falling, is great. And trip winning. Yeah, exactly. So he, like, wins his first race. Channing's kind of pissed. He goes to the race team. He's, like, all stoked that he kind of won. And they're like, oh, yeah, look at this guy. He's a really good racer, isn't he? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, are you trying to replace me, dude? And he's like, you knew your fucking role. And then, like, he's like, okay, I quit that. Now he's just like, he has no bike, no team, no nothing. Luckily for him, we have a super bike with no rider. Even though the girl probably could have done it, you know, that would have been a cool, like, trip loses or trip gets hurt and then the girl steps in. Like, that would have been cool, but no. It would have been cool if she would have stepped in and Casey would have been, like, her coach on, like, how to beat him, right? Yeah. But instead, it's a guy's movie and so Casey gets the bike. And then Trip yes. becomes Casey's coach. He's like, here, you'll save two seconds a lap. you got to be like me here instead of like you. Loosen and up, And then, like, bro. of course, yeah. it happens in the race. And not only does it happen in the race, but when he's hitting that turn, Channing tries to brake check him. No, Channing's trying to, like, ram him around a corner. And Casey brake checks him, which means he, like, dead stops. And Channing goes, instead of bumping into him, he goes right past him through yes. the barrier and fucks up. Casey wins the yep. whole Vegas Supercross for Hog Heaven Bike <laughs> <laughs> Bike Shop, I guess. Yep. But that's the end of the movie, right? There's like nothing else that happens after they like they're like, no, go to, uh, like the only other thing that happens is that Casey goes on like he's like, I'm famous now and then we cut to the Las Vegas strip and on the MGM marquee out front there just says like Casey Lyle wins or whatever. It's just like, oh okay or Casey Carlisle wins. Carlisle. Thing. You know what I realized? I think what? why Channing hates him so much in this movie by the end is because in Coach Carter he was Jason Lyle. And remember when in his freestyle mm. he was Jay Lyle. And I was like, Jay Lyle, like he's the original Lyle. And you can't have another guy, you know, stepping on his turf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, man. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's why he hates him so much. Just movie universe. The very last line of the movie is, no one wins alone. Like, look who you needed to help win. You needed Trip. You needed the dad. You needed brother. You didn't, you didn't need any girl. Like, you just needed the brother and the dad, and that's it. Like, that's yeah. that's who you needed to win. So that's all I got. Yeah. So that that was the whole plot of the movie. Just Channing notes, like I I don't have many because he's not he in plays, a like, ton. You know, he's not in a ton. But we do get a shirtless Channing in this. Did yeah. You, did you catch it? Yeah. We, when he's like autographing stuff, we got shirtless Channing. Yep. We have another movie where he doesn't have many lines. I don't know what kind of directing choice this was, but like it's a common theme here that we he's, he doesn't say much in these movies. And I don't know why they don't give him any lines in these movies, but they don't. I think just because Coach Carter was 04, this is 05, like, he's still at the beginning of his career. People don't know, like, they're casting him for his look. They're not casting him for his acting abilities. You know what I mean? So I, I think guess. they're just not sure what he can do. He also just gets characters that, like, don't really talk. So yeah. it's like, I guess that's what it is. So, okay, so this is the fourth episode that we've done so far. Obviously, War of the Worlds is automatically last because he's not in that movie but where in your top three Channing movies so far how do you rank the first three movies that he's been in we've got Coach Carter we've got Havoc 
and we've got this movie. How would you rate them? I would however s- you want to rate them, oh. just like in what order? I oh, this is tough. This is tougher than I expect. You want me to go first? while you think, or do you want to you want to give your opinion? No, on I'm just working it out. I'm working it out. I would go first as this because he's kind of wow. the star. The movie's shit. Although I do like his character better in both Coach Carter and Hat. No, Coach Carter second. So Coach Carter and this could be interchangeable. He like has more roles okay. in Coach Carter. Yep. And then Havoc is third because he's just like not in it. If we're ranking them based on Channing, by like based I do... on Channing, yeah. But if you're, uh, how about if you're ranking them based on like which of these three would you want to rewatch? This in one. What order would that be? That this is also number this one. This one. Also number one. Yeah. This is like it's so fucking stupid. Like this is a perfect movie. The girl's gorgeous. I don't have to pay attention to it. This is right up my alley i would probably least rewatch coach carter because it's like the most serious havoc I, I could like look up and see malibu's most wanted and joseph gordon love it <laughs> and i'd be really happy so i have it sort of the opposite of you i have this third because i just hated this movie okay i have number two havoc because i also hated that movie but i feel like there's more to it there's more people you know there's more things going on it feels more like a movie than this like this is just like Dirt, like this is just an excuse to film dirt yes. bike scenes, basically. And yes, have a this is like a dirt bike highlight video that has yeah. a plot in the background. Yeah. And then my favorite, just sort of by default right now, is Coach Carter, just because he's in it the most. He's in it way more than he is in either of the other two movies. And Samuel L. Jackson's pretty good in it. So I think, you know, again, these are all going to be like for sure in my bottom half Channing movies by the time we're done. Yeah. But as of right now, we got Coach Carter one, Havoc barely two over this three, and then War of the Worlds in last just because he's not in it. So that doesn't count. Yeah, I agree. I can see both sides of it. So I'm not disappointed by your choices, but I, I, you know, I just do love shitty movies. So I know you do. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite things. So Did you have any other Channing notes? Because I don't think that I do. No, I don't. That was it. I just wanted to talk about the shirtless. I think we can we can head into the games if you're ready, my friend. Definitely. Oh, there's one other thing I said. I wanted to write, wrote down that like very early on in the movie, there is a very casual use of the word retarded. And I was like, oh, right. That's the yes, error. Yes, I noticed I it too. Like, like, that's just like a thing that people can say. Like, okay, cool. I also, we miss a giant plot. Like, we miss a giant plot piece in this movie. Did we? I just, <laughs> yeah. In that final race, as Tyler Evans is trying to take out Casey, he takes out the new blocker for Channing, and that's how they oh. that's how they get into like the one-on-one, you know, epic battle at the end is that the blocker gets taken out by the enforcer. There's also a lot of Channing on TV in this movie, but like before we don't see him interview. Like they cut to him like, all right, now time for an interview with Rowdy Sparks. And then like they they ask him the question, and then they cut away. And like I understand that for the movie, kind of, but like you know, for us, would have liked to see those interviews. Yeah, I agree. I wonder how many of these people. I'm assuming that's a lot, but I wonder how many of these people in this movie are like actual dirt bike people like if we were dirt bike enthusiasts we'll be like oh like that chick that's the announcer you know what i mean like she's like the main sports announcer for dirt bikes you know it's so cool that she's in it i i I just don't know what we do and don't know you just said dirt bike enthusiasts which reminds me of one of my favorite mitch hedberg jokes where he says if you boat a lot you're you're known as a boating enthusiast I, I like to boat, but I just don't want to ever be referred to as a boating enthusiast. I hope they call me a guy who likes to boat. <laughs> like, it's just like such a douchey, douchey way to, like, refer to people, but, yeah. Yeah, 
Ex exactly. I never want to, I'm not, I'm not enthused by anything. <laughs> the last thing I want to say before we get to the games is that this was directed by a guy named Steve Boyum, who his most watched film on Letterboxd is Johnny Tsunami, which I don't know if you remember. I think it was oh, a Disney Channel yes, original movie. I absolutely remember it. Yeah, it's the surfing one. Where he goes to like the, he goes to Vermont, a Hawaiian kid goes to Vermont and takes to the snow slopes instead of the Yeah, water. that's right. The other important thing is that he also directed a movie four years earlier called Motocrossed, which is a Disney Channel original movie, another one of those, but another oh. one about dirt bikes. So this guy just loves his dirt bikes. Just on like a little side note, yep. I would like to cut in when F Too Fast, Too Forever, this podcast isn't going to last forever, so, but when Too Fast, Too Forever, which will last forever, gets like to the end of the line, I would like to cut in Disney Channel movies, Okay, I think those would be good, and also porn parody movies. Oh, boy. Because I think that will be hilarious. And we don't talk about the porn at all. We just talk about the plot. Okay. So we would like we would do like a whole segment. Do you want to explain why that's on your mind today? Resident historian Mike Manzi. Who will be on next month's episode, which is going oh, to be cool. a guide to recognizing your saints. So he'll be here next month to talk all about porn parodies. <laughs> yeah. He sent us a link because you guys did Keanu. Yep. He sent us a link today that there is a movie that came out called John Wank yep. that's a porn parody of John Wick. Yep. And I think these just, they just, they generally just crack me up. They're just fucking hilarious, right? Like, I think that all of these are funny. I think it's funny that they exist. I want to know the guy who was like, you know what? Here's a serious movie. Let's have sex in it. Yeah. And then, and like, the, that guy needs a high five. He just, like, seems like somebody that has a sense of humor like I do. Like, and I don't know who's watching these porn parodies. I don't know if you watch them for humor. I don't know if you watch them for porn. I don't know if you, like, need some humor in between your... I, I just don't get it. I don't know what the audience is, but they make a ton of them, so they must sell. What's sort of coincidental about this? this is that as i've said maybe on too fast too forever maybe i haven't seen it on the podcast yet in my fantasy baseball league i have a bunch of guys who have been yelling at me to watch all these comedies that i missed from the last like 20 25 years yes. so i've been watching a lot of these movies i'm about halfway through by the time this releases i'll be i'll be close to the end almost caught up through all of them but for the first time in my life a couple weeks ago or a week ago i watched the 40 year old virgin and in yes. that movie and again coincidentally came out the same day as supercross in theaters oh, in that right. movie steve carell watched watches Space Nuts, which I remember was of major or semi-major significance because I think it was maybe HBO's Real Sex or something that like... Yes, I remember this! Like documented the making of yes. that. Because I like watched this, it, it was too. the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember this now. Yeah, they were doing like the shooting of it, and they're like, "Yeah, this is really fun." And like the the, the director coming and be like, "You're a lost alien," and then fuck her, <laughs> you know? And they'd be like, "Cool," and like that was the direction that they got for like you know. And they'd be like, "I'm a lost alien," and then she'd be like, "Show me your dick," and then like that would just be like the whole like yeah, dude. I think these are fucking hilarious. So from there. I was saying, I wonder if there's... Well, huh, but before, before you get there, okay. Mike said he had a better name for it. He would call it John Dick, which is a better name than John Wank. Uh, for sure. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder if there's Fast and the Furious parody porn. And of course there is! It took me 45 seconds of Googling, if that, to find the fuck and the furious. <laughs> yeah, so my idea is... <laughs> we watch these. You could choose to watch the sex scenes or not. I'm not going to know. But I just want to talk about the plot. You know what's be funny is you know how like, presumably when people watch those, they fast forward through the plot to get to the sex scenes? We're going to exactly. be fast forward through the sex scenes to get to the plot. 
<laughs> yeah, you can you can choose to watch them or not. But I think it would be really hilarious if we just like go in and we're just like, why did that alien show up? You know what I mean? Like she was blue and then she was green and then all the paint came off. Like you know, like we just like talk about like the costumes and the plot to it. I think it would be a really fun, a really fun podcast. That was an idea I had today as I was eating dinner. From what I remember, like I I tried to watch Space Nuts. It's like three and a half hours long. Like it's long. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. it's like a full length movie and then also like a full length yeah. porno and it's like <laughs> yeah i was like oh no like i got like 10 minutes in and i was just like oh i'm not gonna get to like there's whatever you're watching isn't what you like whenever there's plot like, i don't want to watch a plot <laughs> then they start a sex scene like i don't want this either like i want to get back to the plot. Like, whatever you're watching isn't satisfying and that was one of the best ones ever made i think yeah I dude i that's what i'm saying i really i think that we can have a lot of fun if we like watch these and you just have to, you're just like what the fuck was going on? And yeah, I I think it would be amusing to me. So here is my here is my thinking that actually goes right along with this. My thinking for too fast too ever because like the goal and I don't know if we said it on this podcast is that after this podcast ends and after we finish boyfriend material, the Ryan Gosling podcast and not like ends yes. ends because they'll go on forever until you know one of these actors dies or stops making movies or whatever. Yeah. Once when we catch up and when we've seen everything that Channing's done, we've seen everything that Gosling's done and we're just doing one every couple months or whatever as a new movie's come out. We're going to bring our Too Fast Too Forever podcast which is currently monthly, the first of the month every month, and we're going to turn it yeah. into a weekly podcast. And so yes. instead of doing Fast and Furious movie every week, we're going to do it every other week and then in between I thought every month. I still like every month. No, no, no. I think that's too I think that's too infrequent. Like that's I feel like because the the whole point of Too Fast Too Forever is we need to like really overdose on these movies. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to get bad. If you do every other week, it's going to get rough. I know. We'll, we'll try it. But I feel like if we're just doing one out of every four movies we watch as Fast and Furious, I feel like that's not the thread of the podcast. We'll talk about it. We've got three years to figure it out. We should we should do an afterburner lap where we just go every week one movie and we just we finish them all in sure. two months. You know what I mean? Just like life in the fast lane Ooh. or something. So what yeah. I was thinking is if we do... Because the, the other nice thing is that like if you think of a, a month as four weeks, essentially, which is not always exactly is except for february yeah but like, if you think about a month as four weeks if we do two fast and furious movies and then we have two other movies that means each month you and i each pick one and what i was thinking what would be cool is that oh that's cool yeah we just pick a theme each month and so like one theme month could be porn parodies one could be disney channel original movies oh no one but i want to do be... like a bunch of them i yeah, want to like well, i mean OD like we could we could, we could reuse themes we could reuse themes yeah true we have three years to figure out what too fast you've ever going to come yeah. it's gonna be i just coming. like dreaming up nonsense so me too that was my fun nonsensical dreams i'm of not the against the idea i don't know if you thought i was gonna be against the idea or not but I'm not i did it. i was nervous that you i thought i was nervous that you were gonna be like no but i i figured once i pitched it to you that we just like go yeah. in like we're not gonna talk about any of the raunchy stuff i just want to talk about the plot there's and nothing you can to watch more natural not. than a 33 year old guy <laughs> and a 32 year old guy talking about you know in three years talking about porn parodies on a podcast about fast and furious like there's nothing more natural or normal than that yeah i mean because what the fuck what else are we gonna do Wait, i'm gonna get yeah we gotta keep it we gotta keep it interesting that was my thoughts okay to the games sorry for this to whole the games. long no it's totally fine okay first game up mailbag so okay we have no mail for this podcast Aww. unfortunately however what okay. i found because the cage club podcast network email address is listed on the site bots and spammers and crawlers find it and we get a fair amount of spam to mailbag at cageclub.me so this email address magic mics m-i-c-s or m-i-k-e-s whatever you want to send at cageclub.me yeah. email us pictures of strippers 
male, female, whatever. Anything you want. Anything or don't want. email us. Or fucking don't email us. I don't give a shit. I mean, doesn't matter. I prefer emails, but if not, okay, skip it. But what I did is I went to the mailbag at case.me email and I just forwarded one to this email address. You picked one. How'd you pick one? It? It, was just, it was just random. It was just one from okay. last week. Okay. Subject line, on behalf of Mrs. Comma, Young Yoon. Y-O-U-N-G, Y-O-O-N. First name, last name. From okay. Frank Muller, frankmuller2005 at yahoo.com. Okay. To no email address. Blank email. To nobody. On behalf of Mrs. Young Yoon, I am the representative of Mrs. Young Yoon. Mrs. Young Yoon would love to make a charity donation to an individual, charity organization, <laughs> or company due to the state of her health. She's currently suffering throat cancer. If you are interested in knowing okay. more details about how you can receive Young Yoon's donation, please forward reply message to her email, youngyoonfoundation002 at gmail.com. With regards, Mr. Frank Muller. So what I was thinking, on Too Fast Too Forever, we talked about how Prank Harry emailed us looking for money. I Prank think Harry. what we should do, connect Mrs. <gasps> Young Yoon with Prank Harry. Oh, yes, we should. Mrs. Young Yoon can pay for Prank Harry's school. Yeah. This will be, okay, that's a Mrs. great idea. Mrs. Young Yoon has money she wants to give out. Now this, I feel, is a very interesting Nigerian prince letter because she's not asking it is. for money. She wants to give us money. No, but this is the Craigslist scam thing. You know what this is. Do I? The Craigslist scam, this was a big thing before, which okay. is that what they do is they'll be like, I want to give you money, right? And they'll be like, I'm going to give you a hundred bucks. And you're like, cool. And then they send you a thousand bucks and they're like, oh shit, we mistyped it. We meant to send a hundred. Oh, but it's a fake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like, okay, send us 800 back and we're good. After you do that, your bank's like, this $1,000 was fake. And then they take all of the money back. You know what I mean? You, you're out 800 bucks. Someone tried to do that to my dad on Craigslist. It happened, yeah. It's, it was like a common Craigslist scam for a while. I'm assuming that it's this, is what I would guess. If, if they're trying to give you money, that's what it is. Or they're trying to steal your bank info. Either one. Well, Mrs. Young Yoon, go talk to Prank Harry. Prank Harry needs money. You have money. You guys can be in Ponzi scheme heaven together. Because you're dying, <laughs> yes, you're you suffering can. throat cancer, and Prank Harry is just trying to, you know, build schools. Get to know each other. Mrs. Young Yoon sounds like a really hood rapper name, right? <laughs> I, that's the first thing I thought, like Young Yoon. Like yeah. I was like, oh damn, this could easily be like any of these new mumble rappers right now. Yeah, that could have been their rap name. So without, I thought doubt. that it was going to be from a rapper, but it's not. It's from a, it's not. an Asian woman with throat cancer. But Frank Muller is emailing us. So sorry, Young Yoon. We don't have any money. We don't need any money. The next game is the Google game. Unfortunately, when you Google Channing Tatum Supercross, nothing comes up other than the word movie. So cannot play oh, that. Lame. But there lame. is, believe it or not. There is a trailer. There is? Yep. Oh, yeah, because you said it was in, like, it was um in th- theaters, so it had to be one. Yes. So what's interesting about this trailer, this is what I, before we started recording, I was like, oh, and you were like, what? I said, I'll tell you later. If you search on YouTube for Supercross trailer, the one that we're going to watch is Supercross 2005, official trailer number one, Sophia Bush movie HD, and she's the brunette. So because she's in so many TV wow. shows, Movie Clips Trailer Vault, when they posted this movie five, this, this thing five years ago, I guess this was before Channing was like a megastar. I mean, Magic Mike had already come out. But they thought that the way to sell this movie is to say it's a Sophia Bush movie and not that's like a Channing Tatum movie. You know what I mean? That's very interesting. So that's why I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, I can't can't believe it's called a Sophia Bush movie. Okay, um, I'm ready when you are. All right, three, two, one, play. 
So it's a minute 49, standard trailer length. Again, I listen on mute, so you gotta tell me if there's anything cool in the music. Yeah. 20th Century Fox, your, your girlfriend, girlfriend dumped you. Dumped you? When was that? Your car was stolen? When was that? Your rent is overdue? Due? Okay. Supercross shot. But these but are the these least are of the your worries. Of your worries when you're 50 feet off the ground. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There we There's go. Like a Hot whole girls. School subplot that was. Oh no, maybe that wasn't school. Maybe that was just the the the, the, the racetrack girls. Yeah, it was just racetrack girls. There we go. We get the hot blonde. Yep. Blonde brother trip. And that was the. There's Sophia Bush. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollar race. Very stylized for a movie that's not really stylized. It's it's you know what it's the the trailer looks very Fast and the Furious. There he was. Channing Tatum shirtless. Yep. Oh, it's Jesse James from fucking Monster Garage and stuff. Um, what's her name's ex-husband? Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Sandra Bullock's ex-husband. Yeah. He cheated on her though. He's dead to me. Yeah, with the girl in the Nazi uniform. Backflip. We don't even That's know it's a girl. a girl! Nope. Super cool. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of like first-person camera in this that's not in the movie, from what I remember. No, there was some GoPro stuff in the movie. I was, because I was thinking about it, saying like, man, they definitely didn't have GoPros then. Yeah, jumping. Risk everything! Oh, well, blonde girl getting naked. Blonde girl getting naked, yep. Fear nothing! A lot of no sexuality wins. in this. Losing sexuality. Super cross. I mean, I think that this is how you'd sell this movie to 14-year-olds. Yeah, about I right. think so, too. What I want to do... It actually, gonna, it's going to bring us into... I'm going to pivot to... Or I'm going to flip-flop two segments. Normally, we're okay. going to do the guesses next. We're going to skip that for now, because I want to do the Letterboxd game. Because there is... In the plot description on Letterboxd, there is a storyline that I don't remember in this movie. That is okay, like the ahead, description of this movie. So, Supercross... Okay, give me that to, the, to get into it, yeah. This is the description of Supercross. Faced with the suspicious death of their father, two brothers must motivate one another to get back on their bikes and take the Las Vegas Motocross Championships by storm. What? Okay. When did the dad mysteriously die? They mention it briefly. It's definitely not one of the main plots of the movie. The plot is that, like, in the very, very, very beginning, they're like, something about dad. When he says, you race wild, he's like, I race like dad. And then they're like, our dad is dead, but we don't know really why. And that's why, like, and he's like, I knew your dad, and he hugs him. The weird dad death thing was there, but they definitely didn't make a point of it, so. No, and, like, the, for the fact, for the movie to be framed in the description as dad dies, these guys need to get back on their bikes. It's like, that's not it at all. Yeah, that's definitely not. So I was like, that's what I see. crazy. Okay, yeah. so the letterbox game. So for, okay. for reference sake... Mad Max Fury Road. Not the most yes. popular film on Letterboxd, but still our barometer. That's our, yeah, that's our fucking... Has stick. been seen by 203,000 people. Supercross, 2005 film starring Channing Tatum, has been seen by how many people? 2,372. Lower. Oh. 1,697. Lower. I don't even... 1,423? Lower. Really? 800? Lower. 500? Lower. No way, 100. 326. Damn. I've logged this movie on Letterboxd. Definitely wasn't a $5 Walmart bin movie. Out of those 326 people, how many have it in their top four? Three. Zero. Oh, that was a trick question. Okay. It was a trick question. So That was close. 
Because there's no one who has it in their top four, I'm just going to go to this guy who gave this movie three stars and mention Channing in the review. His review starts with, I caught it on TV and it just started. Great way to start a review. I thought to myself, quote, another weekend afternoon movie, but then there were bikes jumping up and down. Quote, not bad. Let's this where this goes. Let's this where this goes? Yep. Let's this where this goes, yeah. Then Channing Tatum comes on screen, and I got to tell you, this might be his best performance ever. He played the douchebag like no one. Why don't they (laughs) cast him for more douchebag roles? I really felt like punching him in the face, actually. That's my normal feel about him, but usually it's because of poor acting. In this movie, though, he really plays the role in a convincing way. And then it goes on from there. <laughs> so, okay. So this guy whose name is Pimp1337, PMP. <laughs> it's not P-I-M-P, Leap it's Pimp. PMP, Leap. Elite Pimp from Lisbon. Elite Pimp. Not in his top four. He did give us three stars. There are four movies in his top four. One of them you should absolutely be able to get. No. What are you, you going to give me? There's like, one any that I've never hints? heard of. The one I've never heard of is this movie, Tai Guk Gi, The Brotherhood of War, which is a foreign film. Yeah. There's three movies that you should talk, that, that you could get. One that you won't, but you could, in theory, get one from the same franchise as it. Something from the same franchise? So the movies are from 95, 2001... And 2002. 2001 and 2002. It's a he also, just for, your, just for reference sake, and... rewatched Training Day, gave it four stars, and watched The Room for the first time and gave it one star. He's not very active on Letterboxd. Okay. He also has bad takes about The Room. But his top three movies... So number two, his number two movie is... You need to get the number two movie. I can't give you any hints about it. But it's the most obvious choice. Guardians if of the Galaxy. Like this, no, if you like this movie, what's one of your favorite movies? Fast and Furious. Yep, that's number Okay, two. cool. Number one is a movie that I don't know that we've ever talked about. It's from 1995. It has two of the biggest actors of all time in it. This was the movie that was billed as, like, this actor and this actor are going to share the screen together. People have been waiting for this for years. And they're in one scene together, and it's a thriller. It's like a cop movie. Face-off. Nope. A little before that. Um, Heat. There you go. Number one, Heat. Nice. How about that? That was a good guess, right? Yeah. De Niro and Pacino, right? Yep. Yeah. The only other movie, I don't think you're going to get this one. I'm trying to figure out. So the the movie that you would guess was the first one in this little bit of a franchise. There's three movies. They're Korean movies. It, the first one is a movie oh, I Old know Boy? you love. Yep. But it is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Okay. Which is either the second one or the third one along with Lady Vengeance. Yeah, I so forget. It's, it's right in there. I do so. love Old Boy a lot. He has a pretty brotastic taste in movies. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, he's elite pimp, so. He's elite pimp. Makes sense. Oh, he gave Spring Breakers four stars. Surprisingly good. Even when I read the positive reviews, I never thought it would be this good. Really good directing, great performances from the actors, especially James Franco and Ashley Benson. Good soundtrack as well. The pacing, however, lacked some consistency. Okay. Cool. And then one of the review I'm going to read. Oh, this is this is a good one. His review of Fast and Furious, four stars. His second favorite movie, four stars. The more I watch it, the better it gets. It's so ridiculously funny. It's like every scene has a memorable quote. And I love the L.A. setting. The casting is so strong and solid. For car guys, this is the movie. It's not like the people that made it knew anything about cars, but the movie used the street racing scene like no other. Which, to me, says they knew something about cars. Like, if they made a movie that like felt like they knew about cars, feels like they knew about cars. So I don't know what you're talking yeah. about, Leap Pimp. Then it goes yeah. on. It's so damn entertaining. Every time it's on TV, I can't stop watching. Same. I look like those cat ladies when they watch their favorite romantic movie, quoting the lines and whatnot. Memorable lines such as, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. You owe me a 10-second car? More than you can afford, pal. Ferrari? Too soon, Junior. 
And then his last quote is, no, Monica. <laughs> Monica. So that's that. So that's the letterbox game. Games, plural, whatever. Okay, time to guess dancing, shirtless, fight, and stripping. But first, before we do, we need to Let's see who won this round. Last one. Okay, so this okay. is yours. I don't remember. Go ahead. Supercross, obviously about motorbikes. Ding. Yes. Yes. He's shirtless because he's rebuilding his motorbike engine. People do that. He does not do that. So it's close, but not right. Yes. The problem with both of these is that we treat him like he's the star of every movie, and he's not the star of this movie. So like a lot of the things that we attribute to him might have been done by other people, not done by him. Yeah. When he works in the garage, he doesn't have a shirt on, obviously. He's holding a wrench, a little greasy. No one really greasy in this movie for a movie about dirt bikes. Everybody's pretty clean the entire time. What? It's a tie, Dad. What makes it a tie, Dad? There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? Except the girl, because she got muddy one time when she yep. had to clean the thing. Yeah. As he does something, he wipes his chest, leaving a nice grease handprint. That's why he's shirtless. Fighting, somebody comes into the garage he's working on, his bike in, and tries to steal it, Fast and Furious style. They get part of it, and then in parentheses, the bike, and some tools or something. He has to go get it back. He's tracking it down, finds out it's Steve. I was, I think I was like, who's Steve? And then you said, who has the parts? He confronts Steve, pushes him, and the dude backs down and gives him the parts back. It's not really a fight. He pushes the guy and intimidates him. He does, I think, push a guy in this movie, so like that's not incorrect. Uh, And Steve Howey is the star, so again, sort of another point for you. I'll give you two points so far total. Dancing. After the Supercross race, he wins for the finale slash climax. They have a Fast and Furious Race Wars style rave. If only. That would have been great. There are fireworks in this movie. No rave. Yeah. He's dancing at the Race Wars. This movie is essentially Channing Tatum, Fast and Furious with a motocross. He's working in overalls. He only has one strap on. And then I asked you to clarify, and you said, these are khaki overalls, not denim. As he wipes (laughs) his chest with the oil, he has to like, he says, oh shit, looks down, takes the other strap off and takes the overalls off. One nice leg kick, he throws them across the room and takes a shower. That doesn't happen. However, the way that the girl takes her jumper off, not totally It's very similar. That. It's very similar. Yes, it is. Told you. Okay. I was close. My guess, so I'm going to give you two and a half points, which is, okay, there's no good. there's no minimum or maximum. It's just like the number of things you say right. Like, you know, I, I said Anne Hathaway was it's attractive. like, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Like, we just got, everything's made up and the points don't matter. Exactly. I wrote, is there any way it could not be about bikes? And then you said, a master crossword puzzle solver. And then we went on that long tangent. And I said, this movie starts yes. mid-race. Chang's a really good motocross racer. Not in the lead, but near the front of the pack. He jumps off one hill. Bike lands on a rock, skids out, he burns out, crashes into a ditch, cut to the hospital, Channing in a gown. I'm going to give myself half Almost. play for this, because yeah. it doesn't happen to Channing, but we do go to a hospital scene after an injury. Two we broken do. arms, broken leg, bruised face. And then you asked, does he have the one leg hanging from the ceiling? I said, I was thinking that, but I don't think so. Elevated, not hanging. He's even got the bandage around the head. He's there with his girlfriend. I'm picturing it's Jenna Dewan, not her, a Jenna Dewan type. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't have a movie, girlfriend in this movie, which is surprising. Yeah. I thought that he, like, he could have or should have had a girlfriend. I mean, he's got all the adoring yeah. fans, but whatever. He's just a player. He asks the doctor if he's going to race Supercross again. The doctor says, "If you do this again, you can die." He says, "Fuck that, he's going to do it again." Kind of like that. That's Mountain a half Color a boy because that's exactly what happens. Yeah, there's okay, a lot of time in this hospital, but the fast forwards through that. He's shirtless and ready to leave. Changes out of his clothes. Girlfriend wheelchairs him out. That's a pivotal scene too because as the doctor says he's finally ready, he throws on a fox shirt. That was what you said. I said, I don't know, maybe. Okay. But you also, that's another, that's a half point for you. I'm going to give you retroactively a half point, because the the logo for the NAMI is sort of like a Fox logo, so you knew 
Fox. It looks just like it, dude. Yeah. So you're up to three, and I'm at one. So wow, you're getting points in mine. So whew. okay. <laughs> I said the whole movie is that he can't race Supercross anymore, which again is kind of true. Not really about him though. They go home. He's recuperating slash recovering. He's going through rehab. His girlfriend's there with him. She wakes up in the middle of the night. Hears some noises in the garage. Working on his bike. She gets pissed. So the doctor said no. She leaves. Channing, a man down on his luck. No family. No girlfriend. Which not untrue. I mean, it's about Channing now. So I'm gonna <laughs> give myself a quarter point. One and a quarter. Okay. All okay. he has to do is drive to do Supercross. He's building back up his bike as he builds up his muscles. He has a dirt patch outside. He's slowly going in circles, which no would have been great. <laughs> he tries to race again, doesn't do well, realizes his mojo is all with his girlfriend. He goes to her. She's with the new guy. They're at an arcade. The new guy is a punk. He has nothing on Channing. He goes over to them and says she's done with him. I'm still not near the, the end of this. Our stories need to get shorter is what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, good. A song comes on the speakers. Let's just say it's Pony. He starts to dance. He starts to strip in public. All other girls around him are into it. Like, oh my God, look at this guy who might be Channing Tatum. He's starting to strip. He's got a Fox t-shirt on. His ex rolls her eyes, but doesn't walk away. By the end of this, she's like, all right, fine. I still love you. They leave together. Oh, also that same guy in that scene is like, you can't take my girl. This is my new girl. He throws a punch. Channing ducks it. Smashes his head into an arcade game. Gallagher or Miss Pac-Man, either one. Then we talked about the Ms. Pac-Man cocktail table. I said this is three-quarters of the movie, which there is sort of a confrontation three-quarters of the movie, so I'm going to give myself another quarter point, so I'm up to one and a half. He goes okay. to the final race, just like this movie, when we get to the finish line, it cuts to black. We don't know if he wins or loses. It doesn't matter. He got the confidence back. He got his girl back. Even the doctors in the crowd applauding Supercross. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you won that one three to one and a half. We do not keep score here. This is not no. This ain't no 10-second race. It's just week to week. I was closer by far. Okay, so now, next week's movie, or next month's movie, I'm sorry, is A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. So there's two things I'm going to tell you about it. Number one... What's it called? A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints. Your Saints. S-A-I-N-T-S. Yes. Okay, don't tell me anything about it. No, no, no. no, Two uh, two things I want to tell you about it. Number one... No. Mike Manzi's on it, so you know what that means. Okay. But number two, I'm going to recuse myself from this one only because Mike and I talked about this movie for an hour, like a year ago, when we covered it for Shia. So Shia is also in this movie. Shia is the star of this movie. Channing is in it. And Channing's okay. actually in it more than he's in any other movie that's so far. So I think it's going to be our best one yet, especially because resident historian Mike Manzi will join us. So because I talked about this movie for an hour, like a year ago... I still roughly... Was it a year ago or was it two years ago? Mm. A year ago. A year ago. I still remember a lot of it. So a lot of these early Channing ones I don't know. Just like the... You know, I know a lot of recent Gosling. I don't know a lot of the early Channing, but I remember enough about this that I I would get things right. So it's not fair. So what I'm going to do... Okay. ...is pass on this. So let's see you. A movie called A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints with Shia LaBeouf in it, and you know because Mike's on it, it takes place in the past at some point. I won't tell you when. What is A Guide to Recognizing Your Saints about? How does he dance? How does he get shirtless? How does he fight? And how does he strip? Okay. This movie is about the priest scandal at the Vatican. Okay. In Italy. Okay. This movie's completely in Italian. Channing and (laughs) Shia both learned how to speak Italian for this movie. They are cardinals at the Vatican. Whoa. Yeah. So they're cardinals, and actually, Channing's playing an altar boy. Okay. Shy, they're both altar boys. That's what it is. Never mind. They're not cardinals. Okay. They're altar boys. The cardinals want them sexually. <laughs> so they're at this like altar boy boarding school that they have to live in, right? Okay. Because yeah, because they're like they're they're pretty much just like grooming them for it's like a sex dungeon. So. <laughs> So they're there. They're trying to compete to be who's going to be number one altar boy, right? Do they want to be number one altar boy? They do, but they don't know that that's the one that gets fucked. 
okay. Yeah. So they're they're competing to be number one altar boy. They're in this boarding school. They had like a really intense mass. It was just like fucking Easter vigil. It was like four hours. So they come out of it. Channing and Shia were like, you know, alter- they were just killing it. They just did everything at the exact right time. <laughs> the priest was just loving it, right? I am six lines into the description. We have none of the four things yet, so just keep in that. So wait, it's a fucking long, it's, it's a <laughs> long mass. I'm getting there. So after the mass, they're in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, sh- and they have to take a shower, right? Because it was, it was a fucking long mass. It's hot. <laughs> it's in the past. There's no air conditioning in this church in the Vatican. They're fucking hot. So they're showering. You just get, like, waist up, Channing and Shia just there. And Channing's like, I saw you try to turn the page of the book before I did. <laughs> Shia's like, yeah, that's because I'm going to be number one, bitch. All in Italian. <laughs> and so they're both shirtless. That's how you're shirtless, right? But he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you'll never be number one, Channing. And then they get into like a scuffle and they're like brawling in the shower. Lo- so they're like wet and shirtless. Well, they're like well, just naked. naked. Yeah. And they're, like, wrestling, right? And they're, like, you know, kind of punching each other. And a priest walks by, looks in the shower, winks and thumbs up to them. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, that's it. Later, they're, they're, they're in this, you know, Catholic boarding school. Oh, shit, there's the Pope's on TV right now, too, but that's creepy. They, like, heard me. They're in this boarding school. They sneak out because they start to realize that the priests are rapers. They sneak out. They're, like, at this, like, Italian party. Uh, It's, like, a normal, like, house party. It's in an apartment or something like that. They're definitely chain-smoking. There's some girls there, and they have, like, a nice, like, kind of slow dance with two women that they find there, and they realize they do not want to be fucked by priests. They go back. What, what did I leave out? You have dance, you have shirtless, you have fight, you need stripping. Oh, okay. So while they're dancing, like it gets kind of hot and heavy with these two girls slow dancing. They decide that they're going to have an orgy. It was only four people at this house party and they have an orgy and they realize they're not gay. They go back, they refight the priest and the movie's over. That was okay. They band together, they fight the priest and then it turns into what, like spotlight or something. The movie just like, <laughs> morphs into spotlight. Okay, cool. I love it. Was, was I close? 100%. Like that is exactly what the movie's about. You're going to be shocked at how close I was. It's it's remarkable. Okay, good. I was glad I was close. So that's that's for sure. You you okay? About. You just taking it all in? I was writing it down. I am uh, fully on board with that movie. A guide to recognizing <laughs> your saints. A movie 100% in Italian where Channing and Shia have a wet wrestling match in a shower. Competing altar boys, competing altar boys. My favorite moment has got to be the wink and the thumbs up to camera, right? Like, it's got to be to camera, right? Like, he's just like... Well, no, what you do is you get the camera behind them fighting in the shower, and then you just, like, in, like, the doorway of it, and then the priest just walks by and is like, hmm, thumbs up, and then just, like, walks by. <laughs> like, hey, they're almost ready. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that was my favorite part, too. He says, mi piace. Yeah. <laughs> mi piace. Ragazzi. Ragazzi. <laughs> Molto bene, ragazzi. <laughs> Bellissimo. <laughs> he does the, like, the finger kiss, like, mwah. Mwah, <laughs> <laughs> mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Ragazzi, mwah. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's better than the thumbs up. It's a little too American. I forgot this movie's all in Italian. 
Oh, God. Thank you for that. The mental image of it's so perfect. Okay. Yeah. Good. Cool. Okay. Oh. I Next teared up game. a little bit. Fire God. Ass Titles. This movie, okay. Supercross, pretty clearly says what it is. Like, this is kind of <laughs> this, this the Fire Ass Titles version of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. If we had to rename this movie to be the high school musical. This also started with high school musical. Like that is exactly what that is. Supercross is exactly what this is. Yes. Let me start by saying it's similar Supermoto, which is just a little bit like a little bit more niche term for what this is. Supermoto. The privateer. Circles of love or racing circles of love. One or the other, I'm not sure. The flips of my heart. Ooh. Oh, there was actually hold on. I <laughs> So in that scene where they're racing on the dirt bike trail and she does the backflip, there's a song. I don't know what the song is, but the lyrics are like, this is the ride of your life. And it's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like really on the nose, like a terrible, like sort of like not country, but like kind of country. Like it's not explicitly country, but it's just like, hey, we're going to narrate what's going on here. The ride. So maybe the ride of your life. I like that. The blocker. American Nami. American Nami. Oh, that's a good one. Are you almost out? Because I got the final one. Go for it. I what, actually let's let's see if we can do one more round. Like I'm not stumped yet. I'm just trying okay. to think of like other things. Okay. Vegas Golden Knights. How yeah. hashtag timely. Yeah. Let's see. Racing rivals. Okay. Last one. Yep. Stunnered. Not a Stone Cold Steve <laughs> Austin film. Stunnered. A Steve Austin film, but no, not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stunnered. I like that. I think that's the best. I think I think Stunnered is actually the best title. And when I saw Steve Austin's name in my notes, I was like, Stunnered. <laughs> the last thing to do is the Magic Mike's Channing Tatum Awards, which I don't think has a name yet. We don't have a name for the awards yet, do we? It's the Golden Mikes? Uh, the Golden Jockstraps? The Golden G-Strings. Golden G-Strings kind of like that that's it can be a working title yeah i like it golden g-strings okay okay so now here's here's a question for you so we've added to watch the therona category for best of the worst it is bad like objectively bad movies but that are still fun to watch we don't have that as a category here but this i think we should add, add here i'm down i'm so definitely it's down. sort of like we have best film we have worst film we have most disappointing and then we also have best of the worst so it's kind of like an inverse of most disappointing it's like the movie that should have been good and wasn't this is like the movie that was bad but actually was kind of fun yeah i think i, I think i would add it for that do you think we should add this for best channing role or no i mean it's a really small no. part best non-channing female role will be the blonde chick though sure just because she's gorgeous and we thought she was going to be something interesting but she wasn't so that was a nice little toss-up piper cole her her character name is piper cole yeah piper not from orange is the new black best gun scene fighting scene stripping scene shirtless scene i'm gonna i'm gonna write down the shirtless scene because we're just gonna track all of them i like it signing a fan's tits yeah after i liked it there's no dancing scene. There's no love story. The soundtrack is nothing special. Song, there's nothing no. I remember really other than the ride of nope. life. Nope. Most fun film. Do you think we should... Okay, so should we get rid of most fun if we have best of the worst? Or is that is that like a most fun that's also a good movie? Is that like a... No, uh, we should Street? combine those somehow. Well, because like, no, we like Jump Street's going to be fine, but it's going to be good. Fun and or best of the worst. Okay, well, I'll leave, I'll leave it for now. We could... We could 
figure it out at the end. But I think that's it. Okay. Like, there's no, none of the other categories that exist yeah. now deserve this film to be nominated. Is there anything else that we have not? No, that this movie not. deserves to be nominated for? No, no, nope, okay. I don't think so. I think that was it. But I did enjoy it a lot, and I thought it was fun. So the last thing that you and I recorded is the Fast and Furious episode number four, which came out ten days ago on the Too yes. Fast Too Forever podcast. Poor one after late. Shout out Giselle, who was in this movie, Gal Gadot. Oh, yeah, yeah, As a yeah. bad guy. The next thing we're recording is also with resident historian Mike Manzi. We are going to cover The Nice Guys, the Ryan Gosling, Russell oh, Crowe movie from a couple years that's ago. That's right. So we get a lot of mic time next month. Nice. That is for Boyfriend Material, the Ryan Gosling podcast, so go check that out. We are also recording... Actually, the next next thing that we're recording is going to be the disaster artist for our Zach Attack, the yes. Zach Efron podcast. It's true. So go check that one out. That's going to be our first new episode since we finished, so that's exciting. Just a little tidbit. If you somehow find this and you didn't know about it, check out the Too Fast, Too Forever with the numbers Facebook page. Joey gave me free reign to post shit. Yep. There's a lot of crossover content, Channing and Fast and the Furious. And Ryan Gosling that I've been posting. It's generally just fun if you like dumb memes and to hear weird shit that comes out of my brain, which if you got this far in this podcast, you probably do. Go check it out. Because we, we, we do have four podcasts, three that are active, but they're all sort of essentially one podcast. I mean, we're covering different actors. They are all yeah. a shared universe. They are the hot guy, yeah. the, the movie stud, connected universe, cinematic universe, whatever. Yeah. So if you like us on one of these, you probably would like the other ones too. So go check those yeah. out. Don't Facebook. fucking watch movies. Too Fast, Too Forever. What? Just listen. I said don't even fucking watch the movies. Just listen. Yeah. yeah. Most of these movies, like these early ones, are not really worth watching. Yeah, they're just fun to fun to talk about. You can rent this one on YouTube for a couple bucks, so if you want to if you want to see it, it's like three bucks for the 80 minute movie, so that that exists. I mean, cool. Don't, but nice. you can. Yeah, you, I think our synopsis recap was good enough. And the important thing about well, the, what sort of reminded me of the Disaster Artist is that I think it was an Amazon Studios movie, so it it was available to as we're recording this. I mean, it's been it comes out on Blu-ray as we're recording this on the 13th. So even as this releases. It's still not available on Blu-ray, but Amazon's had it digitally for a couple weeks now, and I think it should probably be free to watch if you have Prime oh, in cool. the next couple weeks, probably, because that's what they sort of yeah. do. Like they, they have a little bit of a window where they can sell it, and then if you just want to stream it, you can. So uh, I that's think because cool. it's an Amazon Studios movie, you should be able to watch it free relatively soon, if not you know, on the 13th when the Blu-ray comes out. I'm not sure. Disaster yeah, Artist. Cool. Yeah, Zach do died. that. It was a good movie. We're going to release that on March 13th, so two days from from now, if you're listening to this, the day comes out, check out that. And also one other thing that as we talked, we spent a lot of time earlier in the podcast talking about Too Fast, Too Forever. What we're also going to do in those weeks between movies is that if a Gosling or a Channing or a Zeph movie comes out, we're just going to release that episode in one of those off weeks. There's never going to be like a month where we're going to do like six or seven. Like, it's just like, we're not going to kill ourselves. It's going to be one a week. And if, if, yeah. you know, there's an extra one. So it's, and again, those be cut in there. The yeah. shared universe theory. And then the final thing I'll say is that a month from today, come back for a guide to recognizing your saints with Mike Manzi, resident historian Mike Manzi on there to Movie talk about, about the Shia LaBeouf, the Italian priest scandal film so we didn't we didn't clarify this in your guess if you had this if you had to guess like the decade or the era when would you say this is happening like there's a rough era based on like you know the scandal but like there's still like a, a broad swath of what it could be so like in your mind i would say it's like pre that it's gonna be in the 60s and they both have bowl cuts cool yeah that was my i guess. like it 
Any other thoughts about Supercross before we close up shop for today? Nope, that was it. Close up shop. Well played, sir. We have an email address, magicmikes at cageclub.me. Email us pictures of strippers. I will read literally anything that you put in the mailbox, so just send we'll us whatever. Anything. If we don't get mail, we'll just have to read another spam email, which, you know, it's, it's, it's all fine. right, but it's not great. We'd rather hear from you. Yeah. Uh, let us know about Channing. We got some feedback from one of our mutual friends this week that said Channing is weird looking, and we're like, huh. That's interesting. I said weirdly sexy, yep. but okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we did. I was confused by that too. She said she he was very unattractive and have you seen his body? And we were like, yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, okay. We, we absolutely have. So <laughs> We definitely have. Okay. Go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or facebook.com slash forever and at cageclubpod on Twitter to check out all of our shows. This is the fourth episode of this. We have four episodes of Fast, Too Fast, Too Forever. We're going to have a fourth episode of Boyfriend Material dropping in 10 days. Go check those out. Go check out Zack Attack. We've got a big library of those. And also check out the other shows on our network. This month, we already launched Real Bad, which is the podcast about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us sometimes. That was added to our network on March 1st. The first episode came out on March 5th, so last Monday, the first episode came out. It was Reefer Madness, so go check that out. Mm. And then, since the last episode that you and I recorded came out, since Fast and Furious came out, Mike Mancy's podcast has launched, Third Time's a Charm, so go check that out. I'm on the Superman 3 episode. His podcast covers the third movies in film franchises. Eventually, we will be on there to talk about Tokyo Drift. I guess if there's ever a 23 Jump Street, we could do that. Absolutely, we will. Channing changes his mind and wants to do another third Magic Mike, we could do that. But I don't think otherwise there's any movie that he's been in three of, because he's not in the third step up. So no. there may be crossover eventually, but as of now, not yet. But we will have Tokyo Drift crossover. We might have High School Musical crossover. But go check those out. Yep. They're all at cageclub.me and wherever you get podcasts. Just go to cageclub.me and then click on the show's link at the top and just see what we got. Because we're up to like close to 20 now. So there's a lot Damn. of stuff going on. And they're all free. They're all free. Yeah. Good. Forever. Maybe not forever. Probably forever. Who knows? Too fast, too forever. And email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me, or mailbag at cageclub.me if it's not about our show or whatever. But let us know what you think. Closing up shop again. Cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, facebook.com slash too fast, too forever, at cageclubpod on Twitter. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next time on Magic Mikes. Here comes the